What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Apogee Podcast. My name is David Carter. And I'm Kevin Harrington. Kevin, isn't it amazing? South Carolina is an amazing state, man. Yesterday it was 70 degrees out, and today it's rainy and like 45 and miserable. I love this state, but I hate this weather. Oh, dude. Can't stand I, I hate it. It's so crazy. Like, I feel like this time of year, I'm always like, all I want to do is step outside and start sweating. That's how hot I want it to be. And then during the summer, you're like, God, I can't wait for winter to get here. It's so dang hot out. So it's like, I don't have enough clothes for never the satisfied. Time. I mean, I can always take clothes off in the summertime, but nobody wants to see that. But dang. you know, you've been working though. No, I haven't. What? I mean, I have, but I, you've been you know. working. You've been working. You're signed up for the open, man. That doesn't mean We're anything. Do at least one open workout together. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the non-equipment one. That's the version. I'm Dude, doing. so am I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start. I got. I'm gonna set my priorities right this time right, around, dude. I'm for sure gonna get on that leaderboard for the no. 2013, equipment. and I've been waiting to finally do it the right way. We were discussing this. I, you have to do the open workout at least right after the announcement or first thing in the morning, and then post it right away. So you're right there at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> and then you so can screenshot. I was it. there. <laughs> like, look, I'm leading. I was there. I was top 50 at one point. Alright, well let's let's get into today's episode a little bit. Wait, wait, how have you been? Ah, oh, dude, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm I'm blessed. Blessed. Okay. I'm blessed and I'm happy, as our friend Mike McDonald would say. Episode nine. You look happy. <laughs> nice haircut, by the way. Thank you. Oh, oh yes. Shout out to Old Crow Barbershop on Pleasantburg in Greenville. There you go. Kevin hooked me up. That's where he gets his haircut. Kevin's very stylish. Uh, I don't know if you guys follow Kevin on Instagram. But he's a stylish man. He's got a great beard. He's got great hair. So I decided to take my little four-year-old son for his first haircut at his barber shop. So that's where we went. Job. He did a great job. And it was fun, man, for sure. I definitely highly recommend Old Crow Barbershop. Well, they're good guys. Yeah. You want to introduce our today's guest? I'll let you do it. You do it so well. All right. Well, I didn't write too much down for Miss Jen Schultz. But Jen Schultz has been in the CrossFit space in the upstate for some time now. She's been to a couple different regionals on a team. Um, she works out part-time at CrossFit Crash or Crash Fitness. Mm-hmm. And she also lives in Charlotte. So she's very dedicated to the upstate to keep coming down. <laughs> I am indeed. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hi, all Howdy. Howdy. We are so happy Ciao. to have you on. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for taking your time out of a Friday night to be here. Of course. So is this your first podcast interview? No, it is not my first podcast <laughs> interview. <laughs> well, good. So you know, there's no jitters. Everything's good. Oh, there's good. jitters because, ladies and gentlemen, this studio is very intimidating. <laughs> um, I was on my phone for my first podcast interview. Uh, I am in the process. I have a dream of writing a children's book. It is written and it is partially illustrated. So now I just need to get it published. So I went on this podcast called Lessons and Legacies. My neighbor across the street where I live in Charlotte, it's her podcast and she features different people. It's kind of like a mix between, I don't know if you know who Brene Brown is. She's um, a researcher on women and shame and like all this other good stuff like when you're being vulnerable and it's a mixture of like delilah late at night delilah really it's like a mixture delilah. of the, uh, yes, yes yes how can you forget that mom so, wanted to right she wanted to help get my children's book up on a platform so i had a couple of podcast interviews with her that's cool so when did that become a dream is that was that something that it's always been a dream really and i've just been acting upon it i've so, always wanted to i like i work with kids yeah. for a living and 
I incorporate children's literature in every single one of my sessions that I do for my children. So I've just always wanted to do it. I'm like, you know, I'm going to do it. And I did it. Did and you ever I, think about doing like a Kickstarter to start it out? Oh, what's a Kickstarter? Oh, is that kind of like a GoFundMe? GoFundMe, yeah. Someone just asked me about that. So yeah. yes, I have. I just, I asking people for money is just hard for me. I, I want to do it because I feel like a lot of people would believe in the book if they like read it and the, like people that know me, they're like, we want to support you. But it's just a little... It's no, just I get a different it. dynamic totally it. for it's me. It's like asking it's... people for money. Like, <laughs> hey, can I borrow but, five so dollars like, from you? There me? is a Facebook page about it that my neighbor who did the podcast with me, she set it up for me and she set up a place where people could donate money so the illustrations could get finished. Mm -hmm. But I have been communicating with her about, can we just like get the word out first before I ask for money and can we record me doing a couple of readings with children on the Facebook page so that... that... Is so I mean, have you, have you reached out to a publisher or anybody oh, else? so many. Like, I, so it's a sad sad difficult um world to try to get something published because like, you can't just go to the publishing company like the big ones you right. have to find a, a i say it wrong all the time it's a literary agent i always want to say literacy it's a literary agent mm -hmm. and i've gotten about 20 no's since when did i finish it it was like the fall of 2020 so i've gotten like 20 no's no this is not what we're looking for very abrupt no's people that don't respond but it's okay because the illustrator that I hired to do the book is phenomenal and I'm just gonna keep working for it. <laughs> so I'm interested. How do you find an illustrator for a children's book? Well like I told well like I mentioned, I just I read a lot of books for yeah. what I do for a living. And um there's this one illustrator, his name is Charles Fuge and he has this book called I Know a Rhino and he has a bunch of other books too. I fell in love with the illustrations of this book and I said, you know, if I ever write a children's book, this is the guy who I'd want to do the illustrations. Mia was just born yeah. and I was gifted this book. So she was born in 2018 and I was just given this book. I didn't write the book until 2019. I was like, you know what, I'm going to email him. I know like he has like an Instagram page and his email is on there. I was like, I'm just going to see what he'll do for like the amount of money that I can give him. And he responded the correspondence via email. He's over in Great Britain. He is just a phenomenal wow, human. That's and awesome. like the, to be able to do everything that he did and bring my characters to life. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So All right, so what's the book about? Um, okay, so it's about a manatee named Monty. And he goes around the big ocean blue and he gossips and he says mean things to all these other sea creatures. And eventually he comes up to Tammy the turtle, and Tammy the turtle has this bedazzled shell. I can't remember how the line goes. It's like... You wrote it. Uh, right. It, it rhymes. The whole book rhymes. And it says like... Um, how does it go? It's like she... The the um, the shell was one that she... I can't think of it. Oh, no. She's on the spot, Kevin. You put her on the you spot, bro. Shells. You I have the book on my phone. You did sure. I have the book on my phone. It was like... It's all on the hard drive up here, bro. <laughs> Why would you have... Okay, I got it. The shell she was wearing was one she designed. It had sparkles and jewels and zigzaggy lines. And oh, wow. so she like... And all the turtles are like looking at it. And then Monty makes fun of it. Well, then Tyson the turtle sticks up for Tammy. And Monty then sits on a rock and he reflects. And he is held accountable for his action through his reflection. And he goes and he apologizes. So the book is supposed to teach kids like, okay, I did something wrong. I need to be held accountable for my actions. And this is how I apologize. I don't just say I'm sorry. I say sorry for what I did. That's amazing. It is. So. I love it. <laughs> Thank that sounds good. I read a lot of books. My little son, Saxon, my youngest one, is obsessed with books. So this will hopefully be on his shelf very soon. Maybe. We'll That's awesome, man. So I can see his illustrations in my head. Let me get it. Mean, I could they... pull them up. No, no, for no. You no. Right I just now. want to see if I just want to see if I can see it. I mean, are they watercolory? Yes. Okay, that's what I figured. They are. That's awesome. So did your obsession with books start as a young child? 
Do you want to go off on that tangent? Let's go on it. I want to know how you, where are you from? How were you brought up? When did this book obsession start? Well, okay. So I am from Valhalla, New York. It's a small hamlet outside of New York City. It's 40 minutes north of New York City. I grew up like having the luxury of going to the city on the train. Um, Growing up, I lived in... um, a very tight-knit family. We are Catholic. We are Italian. It's all about family up there. And um, growing up, I didn't love reading. I actually couldn't stand reading. I remember if my parents are going to wind up listening to this podcast, (laughs) I remember being in fourth grade Mm -hmm. and having a reading log that I just kept procrastinating. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. And I remember like begging them when it was due to like, can you please just sign off on this? Because (laughs) I promise I'll read the books. I promise. And to this day, I have a very difficult time like comprehending the stuff. Like if I'm trying to put something together mm-hmm. or I'm learning a new game, it's very difficult for me to like break it down. I have to like read it over and over again. And so I have a child now and I want to help her develop the skills to be like very successful with not just reading, but all the other components, decoding and comprehension. And I think also in my profession as a speech pathologist, I... I'm just a very big believer in like you have to read everything in life. So like that's the reason why I'm like into this book thing. But growing up, no, I didn't like reading at all. I couldn't stand it. I was very like very active. I always followed the rules. I, yeah, I just. uh, Did you guys ever do that Pizza Hut book it thing? Do you remember that? Did you? Harrison's shaking his head. He did it. You never did that? No. They gave you this little pin. It was like one of those pins you could stick on your shirt. And there's different little sections on the pin, and you could, like, every time you wore a book, you could put, like, a little sticker on that pin, and then you bring it to Pizza Hut, and if your pin is filled up for, filled up for like, the month or two months or however long it was, you got a free personal-sized pan pizza. I did know. You never did no, Book It I Club. but I know personal pan pizza, oh my but goodness. I did not vote. Well, obviously, oh. I didn't like reading. You didn't like, exactly. <laughs> I'm, in the, so, I'm in the same boat with you. If you didn't like reading, did you like uh, messing around? You like playing sports? What did you like to do? Yeah, so growing up, um, I was into dance. I did ballet, tap, and jazz. I did a lot of individual sports. I always dove every summer from, like, 10 years old on to till I was 18. In the summertime, I was at my... Um, local swim and tennis association where they had a swim team and a dive team Mm -hmm. i tried swimming i remember being like seven or eight years old and trying to do the 25 meter and like grabbing onto the lap lane hyperventilating trying to go some more hyperventilating and then because i was like dainty and like i could because i was a ballerina they're like you should try diving and so every summer i would dive at my at this local pool Mm -hmm. and then I would also run track at high school so I was just always doing something I was always very very busy and it wasn't until I was a junior in high school where I got very serious with diving where I would wake up at five o'clock a.m. to get to the pool by 6 a.m. dive for an hour before you know your high school class sure yeah and so I guess that's where, like, now I'm a CrossFit coach early in the morning, like, super, super early. And, I, and everyone's like, how do you do it? I'm like, I guess I've just been doing this forever because then I went to college for it. And, yeah. That's so fun. what is – let me ask you this question because I swam up through high school. What is the biggest difference between a swimmer in your eyes and your and a diver? The biggest difference between a swimmer and a diver, a swimmer does four strokes. They do – they compete in freestyle, backstroke, right. breaststroke, butterfly. Diving, you have to look pretty going off of a diving board. You have to do flips and spins, and you have five different categories that you have to be able to perform mm-hmm. and get scored on. So you're not like it's the fastest time in the lap lane, you know, like when you're a swimmer, right. it's the fa- how fast you could go. 
when you're diving, it's like, what's the highest score you can get out of 10? It's crazy, yeah, because swimming is objective, right? The fastest time wins. Diving is completely subjective. That's a really good way to put it. I just it. remember at the end of swim, at the because I swam, I swam competitively, and I remember every Friday we always used to, go, we used to hit the diving pool. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was our fun time. So, you know, I mean, we didn't have a big, we didn't have a big diving boards, but I thought, I thought you were going to say something like getting over the fear of height. So I competitively did one meter springboard and three meter springboard. There was the platform, and I think you have to be conditioned from a young age to be able to dive that height. Like, I would go on training trips in college when I was at Clemson, and I would, you know, we would do training trips. We would dive, like, three times a day, and we would go to Coral Springs or, like, Boca Raton, Florida, where it was warm during the wintertime, and, like, there would be these ginormous facilities with huge platform diving boards and it, like I can only do lineups off of them and lineups is just like you go to the end you lean over and you dive I yeah. couldn't do anything else just I because was I was always amazed I was always because I used to when we used to swim we used to swim at Clemson we used to have a meet against Clemson where did you swim I used to swim for uh well we used to have a swim team in Anderson is uh called ASC Anderson Swim Club okay because it was at Shepherd and then we used to have um Shepherd Swim Center and then we had um what was it south side it was um I can't think of the name of that one, but it was Shepherd and Hudgens. Hudgens Swim Center was the other one. And um, when you were in high school? No, this no, this was before. I was in middle school. Okay. So we would go to we used to swim against Cat C A T. Yes. So that yes, was their swim yes. team. And I was always amazed at the pool because it, we swam in the collegiate pool. That's the only one they had, and it's a metal tub. Whereas we always swam in a concrete tub, you know. And it, it we were we thought we were the stuff, man. <laughs> and then, but you would look down and you'd see the platforms. Yeah, and it was just I was like, man, to do they that. don't look that high when you're standing there, and then you get to the top and you're like, this is very high. We I mean, had a one meter springboard at, in our diving. We had two small ones off uh-huh. to each side and a one meter one, and then it, it it still when you get out to the end of that, yeah, and you could put the spring in it. It's it's yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, it's there's a whole art to it. And there is. If you were a gymnast beforehand, you are very, very blessed in the progression of becoming a diver because you are very aware of your body in space. Mm-hmm. I was not a gymnast beforehand. I did dance, but I and acrobatics, so I did like back bends. But like the category of twisting dives, mm-hmm. I was lost. That's crazy. So you really started competitively doing this at a high level, junior year of high school. And then you ended up going to Clemson to die. I was the boss where I was growing up. Like yeah. where I was in Westchester County, we had conference and county championships and states and I did very well. And then I got recruited and I guess they saw a lot of potential in me and I came down to the ACC and I was horrible. Like I like everyone's like, no, Jen, you really weren't. No, I was bad. I was not <laughs> the best diver on the team. I had to fight for a spot to like travel to go to like UNC or the big meets. Mm-hmm. It It was very hard on my... It was very. It was just a very, very difficult time. I, I never quit anything. Even though I became more serious a junior in high school with diving, I still continued to dance. I still mm-hmm. continued to run track. And I just, I lived in fear of like quitting something. And I was like, no, I have like a partial scholarship here. I want to make my parents proud. I'm going to finish my four years. But I was not happy. I had the best diving coach. Her name was, her name is Leslie Hasselback. And, or no, she's married now. And I can't remember her last name. But anyway, she's a phenomenal human. And her positivity just radiated. But I was just always in a down, down place because I was not good compared to these other ACC divers. Wow. Yeah, I mean, once you're at that level, there's you're literally at the top. 
<laughs> there were Olympians that yeah. I was diving again, or wow. people that were aspiring to be in the But Olympics. that's cool to be able to train with people like that, though. When you're like 18, 19, 20, sure, I guess it's kind of yeah. cool, but you also are a female and you're comparing yourself to everybody in bathing suits and like, you're not that good, blah, blah, blah. It's, I tried to make it like where it would be something uh-huh. like flip that switch to make it positive, but I was just never really in a positive boat with diving. I wanted to be in like, I had really good friendships. Yeah. I was just swimmers that I was friends sure. with. I still are yep. very close with to this day. And so. So I was going to ask you that, you know, when you're on a team, like a, a, a team. sports team like football or basketball in college like those guys become your brothers right were the girls on the diving team like your sisters or were you guys so competitive against each other to get that spot where like once you're outside of the pool (laughs) so i was kind of jealous after i graduated from clemson um the team got pretty big because the swim team disintegrated like they said that they were going to phase it out and so the diving team got some more scholarships and it was like a big gymnast team and so there were like nine to 13 girls that were out in the pool and prior to that when I was there my closest friends are all swimmers because there were maybe like two girls per class that were recruited for diving Mm -hmm. so the girl that I was recruited with we lived together freshman year we didn't get along very well but like she wound up quitting after her freshman year so then you know I become a sophomore and the freshman come in and like there is a girl that you know who lives in Greenville that I'm friends with to this day she is um she she went to Clemson and dove there and she's been a friend of mine but like yeah the competitiveness it's like there but there's a there's a big bond there like it being like reflecting back at that time it was never like I'm gonna like try to get you and be better than you it was very very collaborative and I mean there's something in the air at Clemson that's just wonderful and what was that movie that Rodney Dangerfield did was diving in? I have no idea. Wait, oh, what man. movie? There was like a movie, like a comedy movie, where Rodney Dangerfield's doing like this double Lindy triple backflip thing. Are you gonna Google this right now? Well, totally I thought you. Made, I, I thought. I, I thought because you were a diver, you know, you guys. The like, thing is, like, I was a diver, and I'm t- so I was at Clemson till 2000 and. I was there till 2008, but I dove till 2007. After that, I did not step foot on a diving board. I was done. I just, it wasn't my thing. So question, living in New York, did you even know where Clemson University was when they reached out to you? No, I didn't. <laughs> Especially the back then because right? they were just coming on the football scene, right. scene like right around So I then. had a little bit of an in. My diving coach uh. that I dove with at club, like um, I dove at... Um, up in Connecticut in New Canaan at the YMCA and my diving coach there mm-hmm. went to Clemson mm-hmm. and he's like I'm gonna go and reach out is it something that you're interested in and my dad like oh my gosh my dad is like the biggest you know football fan he's like Clemson oh my gosh yes let's go on a recruiting trip and <laughs> he came down with me and I fell in love with the campus I loved the south I loved the weather and um yeah the rest is history I'm still down here <laughs> the movie is back to school Back to school. Never heard of it. I'm not a movie person. 1986. <laughs> so it's, 1986. Uh, it's, it's probably one of the best. The, the, just the triple India alone is worth it. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. 86. That's the year I was born. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> so what did you major in at Clemson? I know you're a speech pathologist now, so that's a master's degree, correct? So what did you major in for your bachelor's degree? Um, I got my undergrad in special education, and so I was, had every um, intention on being a special education teacher. But then my senior year, a federally funded grant was given to Clemson in the education department to get your master's for free um, with an emphasis in early childhood. The only way to like 
pay it back essentially, if you will, was you had to commit four years to teaching in um, an early childhood education environment for children with special needs. So that's what I did. And uh, the special education though, <clears throat> in with early, with kids ages, two, it was ages three to five, turning six, it was very difficult. All of the kids could not talk. All mm. the in the classrooms that I that you could have like tried to find different environments, but like when you're you know out of college trying to find a job, this, these are the, the positions that were open, and all of the available jobs that were there at the time were for kids that had severe special needs. So I took a job on for two years at McCarthy Tesler, was not happy there. Moved to Duncan um, and worked in school district five. Um, at Aber Abner Creek Academy, and I was in a special education classroom there. I was like, this is just not my jam. I, I love special needs kids. I love kids. I'm meant to be with kids. I feel it in, like, that's what drives me, but I cannot do it in a setting with 10, 12 kids. My heart goes out to those teachers and those kids because, you know, we've all been, we've all walked down the hallway when we were in high school, and you walk by that class, and it's just, you're like, man, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, they're doing the best they can and it's just really you know hard. it's it is you know and but we've come a long way with teaching them now you know i think a lot and i could be wrong you know but i just think it used to just be we'll do the best we can you're for right them. there's so many you know? different options for them i mean you there are kids that are in school and they're there for like you know six hours a day mm -hmm. especially those special needs kids but like what therapy can do in addition to that right that school routine is phenomenal i just don't think we really knew what was kind of sort of going on back in the day true you know like we have the spectrum now and so we can put kids on there and and more or less kind of sort of funnel them into where they need to be yeah so so how long were you teaching for i taught for four years and after, gosh, I like don't think about my history. Thank you, David. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, okay, so I taught for four years. After teaching for two years, I switched schools. And during that time, I was like, I'm going to do something where that makes me feel good because I'm not happy here. So I'm just, I started working for Starbucks part-time. So I worked for Starbucks during the last two years that I taught. And then while I was working at Starbucks, I stopped teaching and just took on more hours there and did like an after school program and a bunch of little things here and there so that I can like keep making money. Barista University. I was a barista and I loved it. <laughs> That's awesome. I could see you doing it though. Yeah. Oh, I really do. If anything, it really helped me to like, it helped with my ability to like multitask. I don't think you ever truly multitask, but like you would hear an order on the drive-through, start making it if you were on the drive-through, barista line. Oh my gosh, I loved it there. I had a really good group of people that I worked with and then people started fizzling out and it wasn't the same. So then it was time to go. Yeah. I tell, we just had this conversation earlier today, Harrison. I believe that everybody should work at a restaurant or a bar at least for a little bit in their lifetime, right? Be a server or a bartender. You learned so much about life at working both jobs. I mean, first of all, you have to learn communication skills, right? Under pressure. And the customer's always correct. So you can't blow up at them in, like in the middle of the dining room, right? Also, you got to be really fast with money, right? Like, all right, my tip's this much, 15%, 20%. Like, I, you learn so much about money and you cash out and, you know, you're going through it really fast. Um... And then just, yeah, communicating with people of all different, all different types of people. I mean, anybody that comes into that bar, I mean, I was a bartender, um, 
anybody that came in, like you just got to be able to communicate and have a conversation with them, right? Because most people that are sitting at that bar want to have a conversation with you at least after two drinks. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. I think everybody should. I mean, just lots of retail, uh, yeah, like lots food of service, life skills. I 100% agree with you. And, I and you're working are... for every dollar too, right? Yes. It's not like you're getting some wage or something. You're literally working for every dollar. Two so thirteen plus tips. Yep. So you start. You appreciate every single dollar a whole lot more. I bust tables from the time I was 14. I started my first job. And I left the restaurant industry when I was 37. Yep, yep. Wow. Um, so at what point, where did you go for speech pathology for your master's? Um, USC. USC, oh boy. <laughs> it was a distance education program, and I did it part-time. I completed that in four years. I was required to go to campus like one time a semester. But yeah, I finished it through there. And since then, I've been a speech pathologist. And That's I love awesome. that. I love the one-on-one and like the closer family connection. Yeah. My little sister, she's a speech pathologist. She loves it. What does she Does she work with kids? Or does she work with the adults? Don't ask me that. <laughs> um, she's she's been all over. I mean, she was in California for the longest time, and then she moved to Indiana, and that's where she lives now. And I cannot remember if she's currently working with kids. She is working with kids. She is, because I was just texting her, and she was telling me about a kid that she's working okay. with. Yep. What exactly does it mean to be a speech pathologist? Like, I know what a pathologist oh. is in medical terms. I really don't think having me on this podcast was a good idea because I could go off on tangents just, to all, of, all these okay. different subjects. <laughs> I'm going to restrict you on this one. Just give me the the broad, overarching. Well, I think I think this is actually a good thing to talk about because I think a lot of parents don't understand what speech pathology can do for their kids. Oh. So. Well, then there you go. There you go. Okay, so, well, my niche is children. Like, I want to work with kids and help them speak. Speaking, though, can fall into the realm of like, okay, is your child talking in words? Is your child talking in sentences? Is your child talking correctly? Like, can they say their R's? Can they say their SH sound? Can they say the CH sound at the word level, at the phrase level, at the sentence level? Is your kid processing things correctly? Can they follow a multi-step direction? Like, if I tell you to take off your coat, put it in your cubby, and go sit down and draw a circle on a piece of paper, can they do that? That's auditory processing, but that's also speech. Speech pathologists. Okay teach that kind of stuff um in addition to that like with the older population this was not my niche and like i had to do hours in the older population but things like dysphagia um things like um um, aphasia is another um brain disorder things like um swallowing disorders like that's a whole other realm and like that happens in kids too but if your kid has like feeding issues or swallowing issues they could see a speech pathologist for that as well pragmatics social issues like children with autism they can't like look you in the eye they can't shake your hand a speech pathologist can help out with that as well so it's really anything from like the neck up if you will so what if you've got a child that just grunts in the beginning they're not like but they're not like two-year-old yet if they're if they're two and they're grunting they need to see a speech pathologist you need to go to your doctor be like hey my kid's not talking what's going on he grunts when he wants this i kind of know what he wants because he can act it out they need to see or he just won't talk in front of his friends or talk to his parents they could if they're con- if they are concerned about that to be an advocate for the child they too can see a speech pathologist for that for sure and it can be covered by insurance cool. it, for sure the the professionals out there can figure it out for the parents i think i think it's super important i don't think a lot of parents realize all the things that speech pathologists can do for their kids all right so in the midst of all this college grad school starbucks barista ring at some point you transitioned from training for diving to training just for life and in general, right? And just general fitness. 
So at what point from transitioning out of diving did you find CrossFit? So <clears throat> transitioning out of diving, how did I find CrossFit? So I love being I love being active. It's my therapy. It's my it's my like my 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 mojo if you will so after diving I was going to your typical globo gym where I would hop on the elliptical and I would exercise I wasn't really getting out of it but I felt like I had to do it to you know like make sure I was in my caloric deficit if you will or like if I like ate like you know half a tub of ice cream I'm like I need to go to the gym because I need to work off all those calories and then eventually Oh gosh, this journey is long. I then tried jazzercise. I love jazzercise. To this day, if I could, I would go get my certification to be a jazzercise instructor. I love jazzercise. But then I found another program called Accelerated Sports Institute. That was outside of the Greenville Hospital System. Me and one of my good friends, Amy Riccamini, Amy Ward, who now goes to Crash, she and I would go to ASI every single day. And they had a lot of machines based off of resistance. So like you would put like these... like. I don't really know how to explain them very well, but like you would put like shoulder. You might actually know what these are. I know where I know where this is at. I know it's like, at, at the Patewood Hospital, correct? Yes, yeah. it, but I don't think it's there anymore. It's not. Okay, but yes, it was at the Patewood Hospital, mm-hmm. and it was very very similar to CrossFit because mm-hmm. like they still incorporated dumbbells, they incorporated lunges, but a lot of the stations were these resistance based machines. Right, and then my husband at the time, Brian, and I moved to Duncan and I was commuting from Duncan to Greenville, Duncan to Greenville to do this workout. (laughs) And it was too much. And so as I'm driving back to Duncan, I see a sign for Tiger River CrossFit. And I've heard of CrossFit, not to like the extent where you could see it now, because I think back in the day, like, I don't even think Instagram was a thing yet. It may have been like very, very new, but like, you go onto Instagram now, you can find everything and anything about CrossFit. But I saw a sign for Tiger River CrossFit. I was like, I'm going to try it out. And I walked in. One day with my basketball shorts, like long basketball shorts and my Clemson swimming and diving t-shirt. I was like, I want to try CrossFit. And Scott Zimmerman and Nicole Parconi, and they um, they were the owners. And I fell in love ever since. I don't remember my first workout. Like, yeah. I, I think I heard you ask Josh, Josh Miller that on the yeah. podcast. And I don't remember my first workout. I remember using resistance bands for pull-ups. I remember not knowing how to snatch. But so you I said this love. was back in the day. So what day was this? What year was this? It was seven years. And t- Seven. This May will be seven years. All right, so we're looking at twenty fourteen. Is was when I first walked into the gym. Seven years ago. Wow. All right, cool. Because the open had just happened, like it happened in February, March, mm-hmm. and then so I had about what eight months yeah. to like. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "What is the open?" I was up in New York visiting my family for Thanksgiving, and um, I went to a local gym there, and they're like, "Are you going to do the open?" I was like, "What's the open?" <laughs> <laughs> What's the open? Yes, yeah. the open. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, you go to what? What was it called? Tiger River. Tiger, Tiger River. River. Cro- Tiger. Tiger River CrossFit. Tiger River CrossFit in Duncan. Yes. Which I live in Duncan now, but I've only lived there for almost a year now, so I'm still kind of new to the area. Um, so wearing basketball shorts. That's another thing me and Harrison were talking about earlier. I think this was like yesterday. We were like, at what point? Did basketball shorts become uncool to wear, right? Because I was, uh, I was, I was, do- I'm doing a little bit of therapy myself, and Harrison's been working on my knee, and uh, I, I had just grabbed like a pair of shorts out of my drawer, and they were like these old school basketball shorts. I think, you, I think I there's just, two people. I know. Uh, now I'm gonna tell you right now. What? There's two people. You either wore basketball shorts or you wore soccer shorts. You're right. That's it. 
And then the board shorts came in pretty yes. quickly. Or board this shorts. This is for gentlemen, because for girls it was Sophie shorts. There was a time that we wore sh- Sophie. Was I don't like even know what thing. that is. They're just like cotton, and they're, they're, they're oh, not tight I do know those, yeah. And those were big. Wherever. So, yeah, I was like, at what point, because I'm looking back, and, you know, even in 2016, 2017, I was still wearing some basketball. I think, I want to say like 2018 is where basketball shorts officially became uncool to wear to the gym. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if our listeners will agree with me. I, I think it happened a lot sooner than that. I can't remember the last time I somebody know. wore basketball shorts to the gym. <laughs> Hudson we're, may still do it. We're totally people are gonna people are gonna be like, man, you're throwing me under the bus. What are you doing that? <laughs> I'm throwing myself under the bus. I was wearing basketball shorts the other day. Um I don't even know where we were but at. But yeah, that's what I, I, that was my first. Yes, you were wearing experience. basketball shorts and a big t-shirt and you went in and you loved it right away, correct? I did. I loved it. I, I drank the Kool-Aid. You drank the Kool-Aid. I drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid. Good. And so at what point were you like, I'm really going to start training for this? Because you were on a couple regional team teams. Well, not a couple, just one. one. In 2017, Crash brought a team to regionals. I was on that team. And then I, immediately after that, June was when regionals was. In July, I moved to Charlotte. Okay. I closed on the house with my ex on 7-11. So I was immediately in Charlotte, and I started going to CrossFit Pineville. And I just told myself, I was like, I don't need Crash. I'm good. Like, I can be happy anywhere. <laughs> so for three years, I was at CrossFit Pineville, and we I wasn't on a regional team there, but we did go to Wadapalooza in 2020, and we won the RX division. Wow. Yes. So that was this a year ago. Yeah. A year ago, like today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was right before COVID. Yes. Literally. Yes. So um, there's the elite. Yeah. We were in an elite division. Right. We, were trying, in, right. we were thinking about like doing one of the workouts. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. It was like the last day before you could... Um, submit your scores and me and this other guy we were like should we switch the one like you were doing this many ring muscle ups and uh i forget the other movement and uh, i was doing this like maybe we should switch and like that way our teams our times could be faster and i was like if we're gonna not go elite i want a podium on rx and we wound up winning that's awesome it is awesome so at what point were you transitioning from just going to a class at tiger river to being on a team at crash oh that's a really good question so I was at Tiger River from 2014. To, like, like I, oh, I was at Tiger River the same time that I was at Crash. So I eventually started coaching, and um, Tiger River like helped you know build me up through all of this. And then I became a speech pathologist, and I was working at Pediatrics Unlimited in Spartanburg. And a girl there noticed that like I was wearing nanos, and she's like, "Hey, I go to now." Crash has gone through a couple of transitions. Mm-hmm. Crash before Crash was Black Sheep, and before Black Sheep it was EDC. And I think she was there when it was Black Sheep. And she's like, you should come to my gym and try it out. And when I went to go try it out, I think JR was in the process of taking over and turning it into Crash. Okay. And I was still at Tiger River, and JR, me, and this other girl, um, Amy Payne, she goes to Crash as well. We would... You know, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd go work out at Tiger River, and then, like, on Saturday, she'd invite me to crash. And I really liked that energy there. JR then, like, approached me. This is back in, like, 2016, and he's like, I really want to bring a team to regionals. Hmm. I was like, that's great. I don't want to be a part of it. Like, I'm going to, like, have babies and, like, be the best wife ever. Like, no, like, I don't want to go to regionals secretly. I really wanted to, like, be really competitive with this. So um, I told Nicole, the owner, at um, after talking – 
after talking it over with Brian about how like JR has like the desire to bring a team and he could see me being a part of that if we all worked really hard together, um, I talked about it with Brian and then to Nicole and I was like, I don't want to stop coming to Tiger River, but I do want to like aspire to do this. And so I continued to work out at Tiger River one time a week and coach there and commit more time at Crash coaching and working out there. And I would just, I committed to being there at like five, six, five, at five every morning and then like working out from like six to seven thirty to be at work by at eight. Wow. That's a busy schedule. It was very busy. And I worked from like eight to five. Hey guys, we're going to take a break to thank our sponsors for today's episode. We're going to start off with CrossFit Greer. If you're living in the Greer area and are interested in getting started in CrossFit, Go ahead and look up CrossFit Greer. Jen and Reagan Green are the owners there. If you mention the Apogee podcast to them, they will give you 10% off your first month's membership fees. I would also like to thank Blitz Belts and Chris Kane for their continued support of the show. So be sure to use their 15% off coupon code at checkout. That's Apogee, all caps. That gets you, the listener, 15% off at checkout at Blitz Belts on your custom order. I want to thank Goat Tape for being our new sponsor. Goat Tape has committed its brand to providing the best in athletic tape. They are the standard for CrossFit tape, scary sticky. Now they are providing the best in KT tape. So at checkout, be sure to get your 25% off your wholesale purchase. Use the coupon code Apogee at checkout. And for all your Amazon purchases from now until March the 6th, use the code 25APOGEE, all caps, at checkout. And that's good for both the U.S. and Canada. Finally, if you guys would like to become an invested friend of the show and are interested in supporting the show directly, go to anchor.fm slash apogeepodcast and click on the support tab. We love bringing you guys awesome content each week, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast, drop a review, and let us know how we're doing. So I did some Insta-stalking before you came on, and I was scrolling through, I was like, I literally went from the very beginning because I don't know you very well. <laughs> you don't and, know me at all. Yeah, I don't know you at all. Maybe you know me more. And uh, so I, you know, I was like, well, you can learn a lot from Instagram. <laughs> so one thing I noticed is your obsession with handstands. And this handstand obsession started before all the CrossFit pictures. Oh. So were you preparing to walk into CrossFit and you were like, I'm going to conquer the handstand thing before I walk you, in? You figured me out. <laughs> no. So probably you're right. So like that's another like component of my life that you hit on that I just like haven't reflected on. I used to do like when Instagram was getting big, like these yoga challenges and I would stand on my head and try to contort my body into all these different ways and like you know put the video on my phone and then like do the position and then like go back to the video and like freeze it and then post it on Instagram but like I I was doing that the same time I was doing ASI and I I think like also that was the beginning stages of Tiger River CrossFit you could have just said I I did the handstands because I did handstands well there's a difference there's headstands and handstands I don't remember like I don't think any of the pictures that I posted had a lot of handstands they had they were like elbow stands elbows yes exactly yeah you were like in a c or something like like the shape in front of of clemson stadium like yes there's that that, now that yes right yeah they were in various locations yes but i think because of diving and like having like when you are a platform diver i never did platform but like there were times that you know i would fool around with it i wasn't unfamiliar with being on my hands Mm mm-hmm so I guess Perfect. I was just like I had a I had a one up in the CrossFit world. So you were Insta handstand walker. <laughs> Insta handstand walker. That's <laughs> there you go. It's so funny. I was talking about Instagram. It's like, man, I really wish I knew what it was back in 2012, 20. I mean, I had it, 
but the only reason I had it was like for a filter to send pictures over to Facebook. Like oh, I didn't really, really? know like the filter I didn't really realize that Instagram was going to be what it was. And it's like, man, I really wish I would have paid more attention now, to right? it back when it first came on the scene, but well, it was more for photographers at the time. And I like how uh, more for photographers, like people that want yeah. to like use different filters or like yeah. use. Um, so I like how David said, you know, I did some Instagram stalking. I just want the the community to know you could do one strong swoop on my Instagram and probably get to the end yeah, of my not, post. It's not like there's a lot. There. Yeah, so, I, there was not a lot. I don't post very often. <laughs> I never did. I never like, well, like with the yoga challenges, I remember trying to post a bunch, but yeah, you had me, because then you had me looking, because I think I was wondering, well, I was like, what was my first CrossFit competition? I knew it was with um, Brandon Ward, but like, where was it? And I had to like, go back and look, because I had, I know I posted about it, but I had no idea. <laughs> well, that was our next question. Where was your first cross, CrossFit competition? Where was it? Where's the picture? <laughs> I'm looking for it. Um, you wrote an oh, answer. Oh, here it is. Was it Potentia? Yeah. Yeah. CrossFit, no, Distinct CrossFit oh. in Greenville. Oh, Okay. Yes, that was my first CrossFit competition, the Dynamic Duo. <laughs> did y'all win? We got, I put here, what did I say? Competed in my first CrossFit competition. We got eighth out of 30 RX teams. Hey, that that's was my not first bad. competition. And your so first competition I, was RX. Yes. Well, yeah. I think, you know, yeah, my first competition was RX. I think I wasn't going to, when I started doing Tiger River, and I realized there were scales in RX, I said, I'm going to work toward getting to the RX competition. Mm-hmm. For sure. So that was my first competition. Awesome. Hey, look, I made it to the bottom of your feed. You did? Oh, <laughs> he's not looking at the. He's just busy on Instagram over there. He's oh not gosh. even paying attention to the conversation yet. No, I am. I was, I was really curious because I was like, that was right off of Airport Road. Like, where was that? What was the name of it? Distinct CrossFit in Greenville. So, I, are they still around? No. I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah. So I want to ask a few more CrossFit yeah. questions. So. What's your favorite memory related to CrossFit as far as competition? My favorite memory <laughs> as far as competition. Can I include the Open? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. My favorite memory in regards to CrossFit in relation to competition was in 2017. We had all worked really hard. We're trying to get to regionals as a team, and 17.3 comes out. And I remember being at Scott Zimmerman's house, the owner of Tiger River, and waiting for the open announcement. And it's snatching. It's chest of bars and snatching. Mm. And I am a horrendous, like my mobility is, it's gotten better. But like back in 2017, I was like, oh my gosh, like the weights were progressing. I should have been more prepared for this and like been able to like tell you what the workout was. But like the weights went up for girls. I think it was like 65, 95, 135. 155, 175, 185. And I can't remember the rep scheme. Mm-hmm. I've never snatched 155 in my life. The Open was in February, March. Back in the beginning of February, me and another girl, Emily Brady, we went to Krypton for a cure, like Ben Smith's um, um, competition that he does and um, for charity. And I remember she had to do a one rep max clean and jerk. I had to do one rep max snatch. I like muscle snatched 140. Like I could not... I, it was the ugliest power snatch ever. And then the open comes up and I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I need to be able to go up this ladder. And I snatched 155 three times and it was, it was the most beautiful feeling. It felt weightless. It floated. I think because it floated. Yep. I think because of all my adrenaline and knowing like I had to get to that point, I had to get to the 155 bar, like because that pressure was on and I was able to like 
transition the energy to like let's do this we're going to do it and like that positive talk it was the most remarkable feeling and I will never forget it that is my favorite memory at crash 1.0 it was the best and you're not the biggest person in the world either I mean back in 2017 I weighed 153 on a good day I was like you know that how do I know that yeah how do I know what they in in 2017 what did you say i I weighed like i weighed personally like i weighed like 150 to 155 gotcha okay all right (laughs) yeah so i weighed 150 and so like on that specific day on this specific day 153.2 oh no like on a good day like i was (laughs) taking you so literally (laughs) so i was like between 150 155 was my weight and then i got pregnant had me i jumped up to like 175 and then like now, currently, I'm 145. Okay. So, yeah. All right. Cool. I remember when you got pregnant with Mia. I remember. Well, I remember, yes. Yeah. We had like a, a had little a conversation. conversation. I was like, um, don't tell anybody, but um, yeah. I'm pregnant. <laughs> I was like, what are you? What? It's not out yet because I had, just want to yeah. make sure everything's okay. <laughs> so what do you wish you had known about CrossFit first that would have helped you more with it? When you were first starting out. Yeah. What do I wish that I have known more about CrossFit, like back when, like, like when you first started it. When I first started it, what like, do I wish I had? If you knew going, what what is the one thing you wish you knew going into CrossFit when you first started? That would have helped you in your training. Yeah, I don't really know how to answer that. Only because, like, I know what I have to do in order to be really good, and I just don't have, like, like back. Okay, so back in the day, like back in 2014, I wish I knew like it was all about like being strong and working on your engine because like those were like the weakest things for me and um. Like, if I was just more focused on that, I think I could have been, like, a lot more competitive. The, I mean, if you, I were to rephrase that question that you asked me, like, I wish I did this at a younger age. Mm-hmm. I wish that I could have, like, been in my 20s and started. I started this, what, when I was, like, 28, 29. Right. So I think that's the biggest thing. Like, I, I have a lot of people on my team and a lot of people that I coach with and a lot of people that I am surrounded by that are so knowledgeable in the sport that if I wanted to like really progress and be really good I feel like I could but I am a mother primarily and like that is what I care about I'm at crash and I love being in that environment and JR is so educated in the world of CrossFit he's always he always knows like the stats of everything all of the workouts I could be like what was 16.4 and he'll like know what it is like I know what I have to or I know what needs to happen it's just a matter of committing to it it's a lot of work so much work all right, so you're a mother, and you are a coach I'm as well. Coach. So who is Jen the coach? Tell us about your theory and methodology around coaching in the gym. Like, what can people expect if you're coaching a class? Oh, when people come and see me, they know that it's going to be loud because <laughs> I'm very, very animated. I'm very, very bubbly. I'm very like, let's have the best day ever. <laughs> and so like that's when they come in. They come in. JR has some expectations out of the coaches of what he wants, but those expectations are braided in the like hyperactivity that I give to the class. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's like I – who Jen is as the coach like I don't I'm developing my coach's eye like if somebody wants me to look at their bar muscle ups or ring muscle ups it's hard for me to like see what's going on and to like give that really really specific direction but overall as a class like I can help you strategize for this workout I can help you figure out what's going to be the most efficient way we need a scaling option you need a little bit harder scale than um you can't handstand walk but you're sick and tired of doing handstand holds against the wall like while we can do seal walks bear crawls we can like practice walking to the wall like Mm -hmm. I can 
I've gotten better at doing that. So I think that's who I am as a coach. My methodology, my, um, my, my foundation is to just be like, I love it so much. And I just want to portray that to the world. I just love everything about the sport. I love everything about like who it is. Like anybody can do it. It's scalable. It's, you can modify anything. It's, it's functional fitness. Like, what do you do every day? You, you get out of bed. That's a sit up. What do you do every day? You sit on the toilet. That's a squat. Like I try to get my parents into it. I'm like, it's a different generation. Like when we're in our sixties, I think we're going to be, and I'm not a physical therapist, but like, I think that we're going to see a shift in the health world. Just like with so many of the 20 year olds and 30 year olds that are so intense on being active. I a hundred percent agree with that. We had this conversation in a couple episodes ago and, uh, I think just where the fitness world has gone in the last 15 years is just mountains compared to, you know, when our parents were in their 30s, what were they doing? You know, they were going to the YMCA, um, maybe swimming some laps, shooting some hoops, um, doing some bench press curls, whatever, you know, the bro bro gym stuff. Um, A lot of them weren't doing what we're doing currently. And I think, like you just said, I think developing these skills and really honing in on exercise and nutrition as I think our generation is doing at least maybe not the masses but there there definitely is a shift I think it's going to translate to yeah, I'd also what think health that is like. maybe with so many people doing CrossFit now do you not see maybe that there could be a more people hurt no I don't like I different don't. joints I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm no. playing devil's advocate for one second I don't think so I don't think so. I think, I think when it comes to, I'm not trying to dog it. I'm just, I'm just asking a general question. No, I agree. I just think like also just in general, like when you're CrossFit in general, like all of the movements, like I was coming in from the grocery store and I had like 15 bags. I'm like, those are farmers carries. Mia's pacifier. I remember fell one time. She doesn't have a pacifier anymore. She's almost three, but like in that, that's nothing bad. Like if your three-year-old does have a pacifier, I just, I remember her pacifier falling one time under her crib and I went down to go get, I'm like, this is a burpee. Like it's so functional. And I think it's just important to like, you don't have to squat 500 pounds, but I think it's important to move your body and to do it in a fun, functional way. That's the thing. And the majority of the people doing CrossFit aren't doing that, right? Like when you think of CrossFit, you think of everything you see on Instagram but the majority of the people in that gym are doing a scaled workout and the majority of the gyms that are still open are open because they have quality coaches yes and quality coaches is what makes the person and makes the athlete and creates prevents injury right that's what I always tell people I mean you can go play golf and throw your back out or throw a shoulder out because you have terrible form I see way more golf injuries than I ever do CrossFit injuries. I wouldn't. I've had one major CrossFit injury in all my years of practicing so far since 2013. Um, that's come from CrossFit. The rest, you know, we have like aches and pains that we work on every single day, and you know, we help people in here with that with recovery. But as far as like major issues, like where the surgery was required, one time, and I think. I attribute that a lot to good coaching. Um, I think a lot of coaches, from what I've seen, at least in the upstate, know when to call people out and say, hey, I think you need to scale this movement until you can move this movement appropriately. Um, Once people are able to move in a movement appropriately, like they have the strength for that, right? And they have the mechanics for that. Like Nobody jumps on the bar and can just do a butterfly pull-up. They have to learn how to do a strict pull-up first. 
the, I get that question all the time. Like, people are just flailing around on a bar. I'm like, no, they're not. And those people that are flailing around on a bar can do twice as many pull-ups as you can strict, you know? Because um, it, it just takes a lot of body control. So uh, what I'm trying to say is I, I think that CrossFit fundamentally for anybody who's trying to get fit is a safe route. And yes, anytime you move or get out of bed, there's, you know, you're prone to injury. Um, you could reach back in the back seat of your car and be tearing a rotator cuff, which I've had several of those, and those are because of people who are inactive, right? So <laughs> um, I think dealing with minor orthopedic issues if somebody's active is way better. I'd much rather deal with a 60-year-old with a total hip replacement than a 60-year-old with type 2 diabetes and have tons of issues that they're taking a myriad of medications for, which who knows will be covered by the time we're in our 60s. So, sorry, I touched a nerve there. No, no, I think Jeez. I just think it's so. I think it's a good topic because I always get asked that question. CrossFit, oh, that's terrible. But it's I really don't think it's terrible. What's terrible is somebody not trying to put themselves out there and make themselves more physically fit. And with any time you do that, there's going to be risk. There's risk in everything you do in life. I don't care if it's sports, business, um, parenting. Uh, there's always risk. So if you play it safe all the time, you're never going to further yourself. So that's my soapbox for today's episode. Jeez. <laughs> that's really good. Let's move on to a little bit of your personal life. So like I said, I I looked at your Instagram the a couple days ago, and one question I like to people ask people about is social media. Because social media is like this new platform in the last – 15, 20 years that has really taken over our lives. So many people find social media overwhelming and complicated. What is your opinion of social media and how is it impacting life in general? I can't speak for the business owner. I can't speak for the, you know, Jane Doe down the street. But for me, what social media has done for me is constantly enforce comparisons and I think that it's phenomenal for somebody like you. You own your own business and you want to get your name and your brand out there. Heck yes. Like get on social media, put it in people's faces. Right. Like look at what I have to offer. But I feel like it's a validation procedure for happiness and I'm sick and tired of it. Like I, I love seeing what people like are posting who are genuinely like, hey friends, look at what I have. Like look at what my daughter is doing. Look at what my son is doing. Look at like my wonderful family. Like it's great in that sense. And for those people, like that's your outlet and that's your therapy and like heck yeah. But for me personally, like it has been a battle of comparisons and me being like, oh, she's able to do this or she has this type of love or her kid's doing this, my kid's not doing that yet. And what I have done with social media is like, I'll post here and there, like I post the story, like that goes away in 24 hours. I post about Mia a lot. And like just the other day I was thinking, I was like, you know, I post about Mia a lot and I have so many friends that have been trying to get pregnant and like that have have had all these difficulties. I'm like, am I rubbing in their faces that like, look at my me and my wonderful daughter? Like, and that's like a fault of my own. Like I'm constantly caring about what other people think and I'm on the road to try to decrease that. But social media isn't helping me do that. So I've really gotten into TikTok recently. I have been like on there looking at videos. I'm not like very present on there, but like that's kind of like my outlet. Uh-huh. 
However, I think it is a great tool for like, golly, like I have family up in New York and I have cousins that have kids and I don't get to see them, like, especially now with COVID, like, and I get to see them grow and I love seeing what they're doing. It's just that sometimes I get down the wormhole of comparisons and I have to realize like when that's happening and I have to just exit and I have to have an exit strategy and TikTok has been it or Pinterest. (laughs) I think it's keeping up with the Joneses. I think that's the new 20th century version of it. You know, it's like you said, just like you're like, oh, my God, they're driving this car. They're going to this vacation spot or they're, you know, like you said, it's like, oh, my God, they're, they're doing this. Or they're doing that. Well, I've got to up my game and be better. And so it just when when you can't or when you don't have the time or you, you just become you become smaller in your mind. And because you're constantly comparing yourself to something that you don't know what they're doing, they may just be doing that for show to make themselves feel better. You know, it's like they've already, they've already exposed so many of them say, Hey, well, they're out here renting a plane and doing a photo shoot in a plane. Like they're going somewhere, you know, there's like the one where the lady's got like a toilet seat, but she's really close up on it. And it looks like it's a side of a wind. It's like a side of a window. And then she pulls back <laughs> and it's a toilet seat <laughs> and it's just her by a window. And it's, it's, it's it, when I, when I was doing radio and TV broadcasting, they always told you this. It's like, it's, it's the theater of the mind. You can make anybody believe anything when you're on radio or when you're on TV. You know, just because you say, oh, let's have a shot of vodka. Okay, let's do it. It's white. You know, it's clear. It's clear, yeah. It doesn't mean I'm really doing it. Whiskey, tea, you know. So, I mean, it. there's ways of making things look like you're doing something else. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's the, it's it's always going to be the, the theater of the mind, in my opinion. Agreed. I think it's a great way to provide education, like with everything. I think it's a good on. outlet. It's, no, it's it, but it, it should have its limits. And the thing is, it's the person. Like I don't, I don't shame anybody for doing it. Like good for you. Like mm-hmm. that's. But for me, like that's the, that's the downward spiral that I tend to see myself in, and it's me being vulnerable and like admitting that. Like I'll see, like, somebody that I compete against deadlifting. 325 pounds I'm like oh gosh I have to I have to like, yeah but you didn't see them drop that weight 75 other times they only post the highlights and it's supposed to be a highlight reel yeah. like we want positivity and whatnot it's just I think it's a thinking pattern that I need to brush up on <laughs> well no I don't I don't think it's just you I, I think that's a real thing I mean if you watch the show Social Dilemma on Netflix I mean I think that's very eye-opening to what social media is and uh, it's, it's a social an- dilemma, the one where like they pretend like there's like a, I, I see I saw parts of it, I think. And then or I could be or I could have watched something different where there's like a generated person that's acting like your brain and like, oh, they see you stopping here. Mm-hmm. Let's that's let's make it. sure we add another ad this way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. OK, yep. I haven't finished it. It's it's very eye opening. I mean, it's a lot of things that I think specifically our generation has thought for a long time because our generation were the founders of social media, right? Like I started college in 2005 and that's when Facebook first came out. So it's like I was one of the original Facebook people where you, you had to have a college email and not all colleges even, like I remember there were people, some of my friends, their college didn't have Facebook yet because their college wasn't integrated into the email system yet. So I mean, that's how, that's how long I've had Facebook. And, Do you uh, have your Hotmail account? I did have Hotmail. 
I had that a was MySpace. MySpace. Was MySpace. A big thing. Yeah, MySpace was too much work. I never got in that. <laughs> but, <laughs> I still like, use my Facebook. I, people would be like, "Oh, well, I have a Facebook account." They're like, "Well, my MySpace. I could change my background and put these stickers and." <laughs> Right. It was like a, and a there's fight. music. <laughs> yeah, the music. <laughs> it's so funny if you. Do you still use your email from college? No, I I actually tried logging in not too long ago, and it's not there anymore. One of mine I can still use from college. I can still log on to Facebook though using my original college email address, even though it's not a real email address anymore. Mm. Yeah, That's interesting, crazy. right? But it's funny what you need. What you need to do one of these days is go on Google and type in 2005 Facebook. Um, basically what it looked like interface or whatever it's called and you'll see you see what the original Facebook looked like and how much it's changed since 2005 see I remember I'll go back even further yeah I remember being in the in the the computer labs at Clemson in like 1999 and 2000 Uh and because not everybody had a computer in their room and so they would Clemson had the computer labs and everybody would always go there at a certain time of night and get online, get oh, online, yeah. you know, and that's what they would do. And it's like you said, now it's, it's, it is so different, man. So. I remember the first time I heard of Google, I was a freshman in high school. I will never forget this. I was in social studies or global. It was called global studies. And we were in the library cause that's where all the computers were. We didn't have laptops like all the kids do now. We just had the library and that's where all the desktops were. And I remember we all had to go dial up internet. We all got on the internet, and my teacher was like, all right, pull up your browser. I want you to type in www.google.com. And that was the very first time I ever heard of Google. It changed my life. Changed my life. We were typing in, <laughs> we were typing in Yahoo before Google. It's I remember so the first funny. time I got on, too. It was the whole the 54-balled bit modem. Tell me a little bit about 10 with Jen. Oh, 10 with Jen. So we just got back from Wadapalooza and COVID hit. And um, I was like, I can't go to the gym. What am I going to do? I was like, okay, I'm going to take it upon myself to provide some sort of body. Because I'm just a big believer in moving your body daily. Let's do a 10-minute workout one time a day. So I just challenged myself to hold myself accountable. Like I think I said for like 20, uh, I guess it was 21 days. I can't remember the amount of days that I um, said that I was going to do it for, but I just posted one workout a day. And to my story, I posted myself doing the workout. So it was just a way to get the community to move. And I did not think that it was going to have an impact on like very many people. There were people from like high school that messaged me on Instagram and they were like, I just want to thank you for that workout. I did it. And I incorporated like this yoga move with it. And thank you for inspiring me. I was like, what? Okay, you're welcome. That's awesome. Yeah, so it was just kind of like I want to hold myself accountable to like do something that is helping the not the world or like my the, the followers, the people that I follow. Like I want you to see that like even though we're in this really hard time and it's awkward and it's weird, let's just keep moving our bodies and get endorphins flowing because that's going to make us feel better. And then whenever I did, I was able to like go wash the dishes or I was able to like go on a walk with Mia and I just felt better after moving. Mia was in one of my videos and she was trying to imitate me and it just warmed my heart. That's <laughs> awesome. Do thrusters with her brown bear, brown bear. I remember book. one of the stories you had me in it. It's like the snow or something, because I was I text you. I was like, oh my god, she's that's just funny because she was I, I don't exactly remember what she was doing, but she was like walking very gregariously in the snow. In the snow, or on the sidewalk. I, I don't know. It was Maybe just, it was like it was there's just, rain. I remember posting about like rain. Oh, rain was, puddles. Yes, yes, yes. yes. She is a light. She is. She is my sister. My sister is very, very stubborn and she's very um 
opinionated and I want her I want Mia to have those qualities because me I just walk the straight and narrow follow directions like Mia is like strong-willed I'm like you know what you continue to be strong-willed and we're gonna like make sure we cultivate this <laughs> so let's talk about let's go more into that let's talk about Jen the mother it is the best it, it is a gift from the almighty it is a gift from a higher power like I tell myself all the time and I'm sorry if I get emotional that I just don't deserve her I she's born healthy she's she makes me want to be the best version of myself she I don't want to be someone to her that like lies over life I want to be raw honest and true and because I've been granted this beautiful gift of a human that's developing beautifully she just helped create me to be somebody that I didn't think that was that that could like burn the midnight oil like I will be there for her whenever she needs to be she's taught me to be honest even though she's two years old Mm. if she's like having a fallout or a tantrum I'm like it's okay to be angry like she has taught me patience she has taught me to be her anchor in her storm because you can't have two people that are like frustrated at each other and yelling like when she's having her tantrum like I told you she's strong-willed like she is like she'll sometimes have tantrums for like 15 minutes because the other day she had a tantrum because I peeled her banana she is always Brian and I talked about this I was like do you peel her banana he's like I peel it for her all the time I was like she cried because I peeled her banana I always peel it for her too she cried for 15 minutes and I was like it's okay to be angry I get mad when um somebody hurts so like I'm trying to think of excuses or I'm trying to think of things sometimes I like let it be silent like she's just teaching me to be her anchor in her storm and how to verbalize things to help her understand things and it is the best it is the best role and I can't articulate like I can articulate it in a bunch of different ways but like I can't articulate it enough how passionate and how wonderful and the person that I am becoming because of her you mentioned earlier Brian yes that's my ex okay so how is the co-parenting going between you and your husband and Mia uh, he's not my husband anymore. Well, I mean, your ex. Okay. <laughs> my ex-husband. So um, it's going very well. Brian and I have a very good co-parenting relationship. We both live in Charlotte. He lives on one side of the city. About He lives about 15 minutes away from the house that I live in. And like I'm able to be in Spartanburg this weekend because she's with my ex. And he is a very responsible, level-headed, wonderful man. He has all of his ducks in a row. He's very low risk. He's very routine oriented. He is a phenomenal father. He's a great guy. And like he, there are just things that I want to do in life and things that I want to accomplish. And I want Mia to see me doing that. And at the same time, Brian respects the things that I want to do. I respect the things that he want to do. And we just co-parents like, it's like a business relationship. Like we have the neutral ground of her daycare. Like she'll stay with me like on Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then like Friday, the weekends that he has her, he'll pick her up after I dropped her off. He has her for the weekend. It's a very, it's a very healthy co-parenting relationship, if you will. Like I can't really figure out a better way to describe it. It's just it works for okay. the dynamic of our relationship. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to families no family looks the same right there's so many different dynamics and families and family makeup some kids are brought up by their grandparents some kids are brought up by two parents some parents are brought up by parents of the same sex you know there's just so many different parenting styles out there um so when you were first going through this divorce was that something that you were worried about 
um, this new parenting dynamic? Because I know there's a lot of people who are probably listening to this who have been through the same situation. And I was more worried about what other people thought. I really was. The whole parenting dynamic, like I was so stuck in the way that I was feeling the things that I wanted out of life that I was like, if I have to do this on my own, I'll do it. Even though I knew that wasn't going to be it because I knew that Brian would take on a lot of the responsibility. But like I, I was worried about what other people would think when they heard, oh, Brian and Jen aren't together anymore. How is that? What's that effect going to be like on Mia? Like, is she going to be okay? Like a lot of the family dynamics that you're talking about, same sex, I mean, people get divorced, sure, but, like, I just grew up in a very conservative Catholic Italian family where everybody's together, so I was worried, I was more worried about, like, how that would look, Hmm. and so I had to tell myself to just take it day by day, find your routine, and flourish that way, and we've been doing this for almost two years now, where... You know, she has this daycare that we really, or no, it's been a little over a year. It hasn't been almost two years. It's been a little over a year where we found a daycare that we really like. There was one daycare when she was first born that I was very unhappy with. But now that we found one that we like, it's, you have to, I think the biggest thing with all of this is communication. Like I learned, even though I'm a speech pathologist, how difficult it is to have uncomfortable conversations. And I was more worried about what other people thought than the, I, I knew that I would just figure it out because Mia is my star. She's my light. She, I was like, I'll figure it out for her. Mm-hmm. It was more about like, what are my parents going to think? What are my cousins going to think? What are the people that I coach going to think when they find out I'm divorced? Like it was more of that issue that I was having. So, yeah. It's very interesting. Um, going back to <laughs> stalking your Instagram. <laughs> so your last post was a post about that, right? Yes. Yeah. Was that very liberating for you? Oh my gosh. I felt like a massive weight was lifted off my shoulders and I, I will kind of go off on a tangent about this. So I was at the the CrossFit competition. I always get the Crescendo and Crucible mixed up. I was at the Crucible and um, a guy that used to go to Tiger River with me came up to me. He was like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in so long. How are you? What's going on? He's like, how's Brian? I was like, we're divorced. And he teared up because he remembers Brian and I like just being together like we would do things with this couple that this guy was asking me about and this was back in October the competition was I was like I know that social media isn't the excuse for everything but there are so many people that I don't talk to on the daily that if I see I feel like I owe them something and again it's caring about what other people think but at the same time I was like I need to do this for me like I need to do this not for that guy that teared up over like hearing about me and Brian like I want to do this so that I can like be free from this like secret or like that because I don't post about my life Mm -hmm. and it was this massive weight that was lifted off my shoulders there were some people that had some negative things to say but there were way more positive way more positive way more positive comments way more positive people that like reached out and said some really uplifting things that I was not expecting. I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm doing this for me. And then like all of a sudden this overflow of love was, was given to me. I thought it was the most, one of the most gracious posts I've ever read. Literally because it, it, it incorporated every aspect of your family and, and it talked up every aspect of that family in the best light ever. Like you didn't dog your ex, right? You said, Brian's a wonderful dad and he's always going to be a very special person to me or like a huge part of my life. You know, you talked about your new boyfriend and how, you know, 
he is fitting into your life and Mia's life at the same time. And you talk about me like it's just it was just a very very gracious and endearing post and me not even knowing you I was like this is this is an incredible person like he oh, just gosh. to put 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 what you were feeling into words like that and it was not one of those posts where like oh look at me I'm I'm so sad or look at me I'm fighting through this it was just it was just, it wasn't a look at me post it was it was very very well thought out Thank I just you. I was very impressed It was it was very hard to do but mm-hmm. it was liberating for sure it just felt it felt better i have a question so with this with co-parenting do you guys find it hard to handle technology as far as like brian lets her play with this phone mama lets her watch this show like (laughs) so brian um and i have a very similar outlook on technology Mm -hmm. and we don't want her in front of a device a lot of the time however i don't knock people for using devices like you have to get things done and (laughs) your child is going to be the safest like in front of a device um i we both just have like the same kind of mindset where like okay we get home we're gonna play with Mia like we both have had long days yes like you've worked all day I've worked all day Mia's been in school all day but she needs to like have a bond with us we don't need to put a device in front of her so we have from when she was very very little from three months on like when she was going to school she'd come home we'd read books we'd crawl around we'd make noises we'd play music all of these things and then if she like requests for tv like she'll come to my house after like daycare and it's been 70 degrees outside she's like i want to go on the swing i said let's go on the swing we go on the swing it starts getting dark we go inside the past couple days she has not requested for anna and elsa but she's gone into her room and we've played with blocks or play-doh or books and when she does request for it, I kind of put a time limit on it. I was like, okay, when, so she knows all the different parts of Frozen 2. And I say, like, she's like, I want Elsa in the water. I go, okay, you want Elsa in the water? That's when Elsa's, like, going and she's fighting the waves and getting, you know, a, she's getting familiar with the water spirit. I was like, when Anna screams at the earth monsters or the earth giants, we're going to turn it off. And she understands that. 50% of the time she freaks out when I turn it off the other 50% she's okay and as she gets older it's been getting better like with the transition of like technology That's and Brian nice. is very much on the same page too like I think she watches Peppa Pig at his house a lot she comes to my house and she starts saying Peppa Pig and I'm like I don't miss Peppa Pig and oh, yeah, that's the worst Peppa Pig's the worst <laughs> and then my parents introduced her to Coco Melon oh that I think is the I don't worst. think I've seen that oh don't so oh, don't I won't I'm not even don't gonna not it. even gonna mention the words because now that she does like it was like about six months ago and now we don't really talk about it very much and I just don't want Coco Melon back <laughs> so my son my oldest son is obsessed with well I shouldn't say obsessed he likes to watch YouTube and you know shows on YouTube you know not Peppa Pig anymore he's grown out of that phase but he got in trouble the other day at school and this is actually it was it was a great parenting moment for myself because I got to see my son who's just turned four this week be like really human he got angry at this little girl at school and apparently he went over there and just poked her as hard as he could in the eye and uh obviously she starts crying and he started crying right away as well and he had to be sent to like the director's office or the principal's office and he apparently was bawling the whole way and it's because he felt guilty right it's like wow my son understands what guilt is and uh 
he as soon as he got home he told me daddy i i got in trouble you know earlier that day he had gone to the doctor for his four-year-old checkup and he got a shot and he had called me right afterwards at work my wife called me with him and he was like i got a shot and i didn't cry i was super brave and then he was so when he got home he was like i was having such a good day i was super brave but now i'm just really sad because i i feel really he's like he said i feel really bad and i want to do something for so and so little girl and i was like that's amazing like you that's because you have a conscience and we had talked about like what a conscience is and it was uh it was it was a big moment that's as a parent amazing. right so it was experiencing yeah. all those really hard feelings and emotions yeah. and and dynamics oh my gosh you must have felt like wow like like you were probably like in shock like oh yeah. my gosh like i have to let this sink in for a second yeah that was my first time where i was like i had to teach him something like human right yeah or what what he was feeling and it was it was very uh I was thinking about that later that night and like kind of like I am now like you just kind of start tearing up about that kind of and that's the special thing about parenting so yes for sure um along with parenting which takes a lot of time mm -hmm. it's hard for a lot of parents to find time for self-care <laughs> talk a little bit about what you do for self-care uh, like I don't I don't there uh working out is my self-care it really is I feel better when I move I feel better when I work out um my boyfriend Adam has done a really nice setup at my house and um I have like a pull-up bar and I have a squat rack and a ski erg and I have things to like Mia goes to bed really late she's a night owl like I try to get her in bed oh gosh if Brian hears this <laughs> there are some nights where she doesn't fall asleep till 10 o'clock like he always gets her in bed at nine and I'm like how does he do that I'm like golly and she like just elongates the night and like usually it's been better now it's like about 9 30 she'll pass out and then I will find time to like that's my time to go work out it's been cold recently so I haven't really been doing much of that but um this morning it was nice out so I did three rounds of 10 burpee box jump overs five strict pull-ups 10 wall balls and like I just like that's my self-care like mm -hmm. I I've never really been into like pedicures manicures makeup hair like that is if you can do that heck yes I need to hire you and you need to come see me and fix me up but like that like my self-care is fitness and moving and co like I love coaching I love coaching at crash I just love that environment I just thrive there so that's my therapy per week and that's that's where that's my self-care and I cannot hide that I cannot shade it I cannot like pretend like it doesn't mean anything to me it's 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 what makes me feel like a better person that's awesome what would you say your greatest success in life is up to this point doesn't have to be related to CrossFit being a mom <laughs> for sure like <laughs> that's, that's a definitely a, the best success like I, yeah. it's like I said I just don't feel like I deserve it I just like it's the most rewarding thing like even through the frustrations I just f can find gratefulness so easily in being a mom so with that being said what would you say your greatest failure I mean <laughs> I would I would I would say my marriage I hate saying that because like I just feel bad like I I was married for eight years and and that that didn't work out however I like that's what like you I, you would I think everyone expects me to say however I really think my biggest failure in life has been not being true and honest to myself I always when growing up like for my parents I always wanted to please my parents wanted to I didn't want to rock the boat I did not want to rock it I just wanted to follow directions and 
same thing with Brian. I wanted to be the best wife, best wife in anything that I wanted or desired. Like, what lights you up? Like, your kids and you have a business. You mm-hmm. have your photography. Like, that stuff lights you up. Whenever I had, like, a niche like the children's book, that is a n- new development. Like, it is always something that was in the back of my mind. But whenever I had a business idea or something that I wanted to do, Brian, I love him in a different way, but he's just low risk. He doesn't want to be on that journey. And there are things that he wanted to do that I didn't want to be on the journey with him. And I think because of me just being like it's okay like do it for god do it for do it for your husband like your needs don't matter i think that just took a toll on me and i'm at the point now where it's like no now i'm going to start doing things for me and i'm going to be honest and true to myself because for so long i wasn't what was the switch that made you decide to do that that made me want to i mean what was the switch to say hey i'm tired of doing this because okay that's a really good question 2017 we went to regionals and like CrossFit was such a big part of my life and Mm -hmm. I lied to Brian I was like I don't need I don't need to like be at crash I don't need CrossFit and I tried to like go to a different gym and be a coach there and I tried so hard to like do the next step in your marriage what do you do you get married you get pregnant and have kids like as much as Mia is my saving grace and she makes me better like I don't know if I was like, if I really wanted kids at that point. I was like, Mm -hmm. it's what I'm supposed to do though. It's what my parents want. It's what Brian wants. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. And it's just like, I want to continue doing CrossFit. I want to continue coaching. I want to be at the place where that makes me happy. And So did, did you meet Brian at a, the CrossFit gym? Or how oh, no. You... Brian and I met at Clemson. Okay, okay. <laughs> we met my graduation night at Tigertown Tavern. TD. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't meet him. At, he, he, so he, I guess Brian doesn't do CrossFit, in other uh, words. So he didn't, but now he does. He does okay. it now, and he, he moves his body. But like the whole time that I was training, he did not do CrossFit. Okay. He does it now in Charlotte, yes. Was that a was that a tension in your relationship if you were super into fitness and he wasn't? So I don't know if tension is the right word to use only because Brian and I for as long as we were together we just always did everything separately like that was my thing and like tailgating was his thing and maybe like maybe maybe tension is actually a a good word like once we moved to Charlotte like I just wanted to keep working out and maybe I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that's like really like the the right way to go about it but like I always worked out and he seemed to be fine with it and I think maybe it would have been nice to like maybe communicate more being like hey I want you in the gym with me hey I think we should work out more together but like he just never it was never his thing it's never something that he wanted to do and so he had his things that he did he had the I did the things that I did he was also a coach at Broome High School he was a high school girls varsity basketball coach and a boys varsity soccer coach and he really enjoyed that and I think we just started going off on our different paths and Mm -hmm. doing different things and I think that just kind of there there are other components to the reason why the marriage didn't last but that was one of the biggest ones I we just it's so cliche you hear it all the time we grew Mm -hmm. apart it happens it happens It it definitely happens I don't think anybody faults anybody for that it's just that's just the way that relationships go sometimes and like i said no family looks the same and i feel like your family dynamic is working for you and that's the most important thing it's working for you and it's working for your daughter so that's the that's the yeah that's that's, important that's the most important thing all right let's talk about something fun yeah what do you like to do as far outside of fitness like what's your hobby i like to bake (laughs) she did bring us some cookies. cookies 
I do like to bake. I, I I like to bake things that like I'm good at baking. So like I've kind of mastered those cookies, but I kind of messed them up a little bit. I haven't made them in a while, and they were only supposed to be in the oven for nine minutes, and I kept them in there for ten to eleven, and they're not as like gooey as they could be. But I really like to bake. I make a really good New York style cheesecake. My um, Greenville girlfriends. So you're not baking like you're not baking like healthy foods. No. Okay. All right. Yeah, when you bake, you gotta go all out. Yeah, no, I I, know. Yeah, like yeah. I I don't know if you were like taking protein powder and making like waffles and muffins. Like my New York style cheesecake is very bad. It's got sugar and cream cheese, like full fat cream cheese and graham crackers, and it's just wonderful. And heavy cream. Cream crackers. But like that's another thing. Like in the fitness world, like I think I've got like when I was first starting to fitness. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this this is a question or like whatever. But you know, with nutrition, I the majority of the time eat very healthy. Mm -hmm. Like I don't even know if clean is the word because I I I just I'm mindful about making sure I get healthy fats and healthy protein and healthy carbs. But then like I want to be able to eat my New York style cheesecake. Of course, of course, you got to live a little bit. Yes. All right. Ready for some uh, rapid fire questions? Rapid fire. I am pulling up some rapid fire questions. So right I've heard a couple of episodes now. with some of the people. So like, I don't know the most recent. I heard Josh Miller's, but I can't remember what they are. And I did not prepare myself for rapid fire. That's fine. I might even just shoot some up from the hip today. There you go. I think we Why should. Not? You want to just shoot from the hip? Yeah. Let's go. All right. So if you had to be in a piece of equipment in the gym, what, that, what equipment would that be? You asked somebody that one time. I was like, what would my answer be? And I never came up with it. I would be the rings because you could see everything from the gym, right? You could see everything around you. And when you, like only a certain number of people can get on you and like be mastered by, like can master the rings. It's a very specific skill. You, you, do, you do them very well. I <laughs> you, do them, you do do them very well. Thank you. Um, I need, so being a baker... As far as eating sweets, are you cake or pie? Oh, that's a good question. Cake. Mm. Yeah. Cake. Are you chocolate or Starburst? Oh, that's another good question. My goodness. Chocolate. Mm. All right. So <laughs> you're rolling in the car with your girls. And the girl's like, man, I really want some coffee. And you're like, in the back of your mind, like you're thinking Starbucks. If she rolls into Dunkin' Donuts, mm, what are you going to mm, say? No, <laughs> we didn't know. So I love Starbucks. I love being a barista, right? But now that I have to pay Starbucks prices, uh-huh. I am like, I, I always got my drinks for free. Sure. So you know what my coffee drink is? You're, you're going to be like, wait, what? It's black ga- gas station coffee. Like, ask anybody at QT Crash. has great coffee, Oh, my gosh. Though. Like, Adam will come in and he'll bring you my QT, like, cup of coffee. And I, like, light up. Like, it's just, I want black coffee. That's, I don't want anything else. That's what I'm all about, black <laughs> coffee. That's I'm good. all about Waffle House coffee now. Oh, that's really good, too. I, I leave the gym. I go to Waffle House, have three eggs, three pieces of bacon, toast, and coffee. But then if I, but if I'm at, but if I do go to Starbucks, it's a flat white, always. So they have all these Star- fancy things now. Yeah, Starbucks intimidates me. It does. Like, my wife is obsessed with Starbucks. And every time we pull up, I'm trying to, like, remember what her order is. Because I like to, like, sometimes get her a coffee. And surprise her, yeah. And every time I go up, I'm like, I talk to the person through the drive-thru. I'm like, you're going to have to help me with this. I know it's this and this. And they're like, okay, yeah. And it's the, because I just get so flustered at it. It's Starbucks. It's caramel macchiato. Dude, bit. I don't even know, man. I just... <laughs> I, I loved making caramel macchiatos, but now it's like, so yeah, I haven't I worked at Starbucks for eight years. Oh, no, no. Now they have everything. Six years. I No, it's been eight. No, it's been eight years since I've worked at Starbucks. And they have what? The um, 
the cold brew everyone's obsessed with now yeah. and that's like a new way to make that's coffee. That's what she and, likes, cold brews. Yeah, and like you could flavor it up and there's there's just so many there's it's a fancy. clover, there's a clover in only some Starbucks and I don't know what that means. I I haven't been on top of it and I just I don't go there. I just don't like I'll sometimes go there and I'll get like a short americano. Last Starbucks tangent and then next question. <laughs> I was watching reels on Instagram and there was this video of this lady saying basically you want to know a way to save money? You go to Starbucks f- for and spend $5 every day for 365 days a week, and it was like, I don't know, like $1,800 a year or something like that on Starbucks coffee. Yeah, but the problem with that is if you really – if you something really, like that. I got to do the math again. If I think you get enjoyment that. out of that, don't knock people for doing That's, that. Like, yes, you're right. That's their outlet. You can't knock you know. people for wanting their caramel macchiato. All right, so shot. what music yeah, are you listening in your car now? Like when you I'm, go get in your car, what's playing? Podcast. The Apogee podcast, right? I I mean, I listened to Josh Miller recently, Perfect. yes. But I also, like I have an hour and 20 minute drive to crash on Mondays. So I listen to Brene Brown's Unlocking Us. She is a researcher on individuals that have gone through like like I mean it's perfect for me like for being divorced like it's a lot of vulnerability a lot of shame and she interviews all of these like big time um big time celebrities about like things that are going on in their life and so I listen to that music wise I'm not like very like yeah so so Brene Brown always has somebody that's famous and she like tells like okay if you could have a playlist what's your five songs I was a teeny bopper. I listened to Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, NSYNC, Britney Spears. Like, that's what I used to listen to. And so, like, I'm like, nobody wants to hear, like... And you still listen to that, don't you? That's what I listen to. <laughs> no, like, I'm trying to... Like, I always listen, like, whenever I have to play the music at the gym, yeah. it's like, I put a playlist together of, like, BPM or, like, techno beats. Like, I like sure. that. I like high-energy jazzercise right. music. Right, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so check this out. Your boyfriend, Adam from what I gathered, is a southern guy who most likely <laughs> likes outdoor things. So if Adam was to take you to do an outdoor adventure, would you rather go hunting or fishing? And you know what? You say that, but he doesn't like to do either. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I had to do it, I would rather go fishing. I do not want it. So uh, you, you said you were on my Instagram, but you don't see it because I only posted it to my stories. In Charlotte, Like I'm 20 minutes outside of like Uptown, and I have – the most amazing backyard with these deer like 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 eight pointers like eight and ten pointers like are in my backyard and oh, it's phenomenal man. and they're like on my obviously you can't see them anymore but like i would post and i'm just like fascinated by these deer so i cannot shoot them i cannot so oh, i'd rather man. go fishing I can. oh coming. gosh really like i and you're from michigan <laughs> yeah oh. lots of lots of huge big game up there um go um college football or professional football. College. Okay. All right. If you were to train with a CrossFit Games athlete for the day or, you know, for the afternoon, and then you had to go get coffee with them afterwards, so you had to have a meaningful conversation later, who would it be? Bethany Shadburn. Really? Yes. Interesting. I really like her content that she posts. And I like a lot of her accessory work. Yes. Yep. And I want and I would ha- want to have coffee with her because I want her to, I want to, learn more about that because I told you like I don't have the coaches I'm not like JR and a bunch of other people knock on me I don't warm up very well at Mm -hmm. all I just kind of like come to the gym and like let's go and I need to like be more mindful especially because I'm getting older about taking care of my body Mm -hmm. and warming up so she does a very good job at like hitting all the different muscles and areas and she she does this she does x and y because of z so I am super impressed with her Instagram just because 
you know, a lot of the big names do post like that huge lift and she's over there just posting like this extremely boring <laughs> accessory thing. But yes, I mean, it's, with resistance right, bands or like she's deadlifting awesome. barefoot. Like, yeah, she's great. Like, yeah. she's just, she seems very like, like badass. And I would just want to like have coffee with her For and work sure. out with her. Yes. Cool. So if you could wish your daughter to be successful at anything, what would it be? like this is gonna be a cheesy answer it's literally like whatever makes her happy like if she i told my like if i if i could wish for her like i hope she like crossfits i hope she loves fitness as much as i do Mm -hmm. like if she wants to dive like i couldn't stand diving but if it lights her up have at it like who am i to stop you you know i don't want her to be like a level 10 gymnast and be miserable and hating her life so i think the importance now when they're four two three having open conversations and knowing that I am your parent and you could come to me literally about anything. Like we can talk about whatever it is. It will hopefully not promote shame. Like I don't want her to like be doing something that she is so good at and hate life. Like or hate yep. what she's doing. Been so, there. Yeah. So I understand. That's kind of like so to wish it like I, I, t- I was talking about this with my parents. I'm like if she wants to open up her own yoga studio and have like – I don't have tattoos because like I, I, I want tattoos. Like – because I want something that's like meaningful enough for me to get something tattooed on my body. But if she wants to have like 800 tattoos and open up her own yoga studio and not shave her armpits, like fine. It brings her joy. Fine. Like I just have to get over like the fact that it's not something that I would do. Right. <laughs> and I will help her open up her yoga studio. I will be her secretary. I will do, I will figure it out. <laughs> I was lied to. I was told they wouldn't be permanent, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so where can they find you on social media? I'm not really active on social media. I know, you can find me in Barnes and Noble, Monty the Manatee. No, <laughs> no. Um, I am Jen Schult on my Instagram. I am hidden on Facebook, but I'm trying to get Monty out there. So if you would like my Monty page on Facebook, it's Miata Schult is my name on Facebook. Miata is my maiden name, and um, if you can find that and like the page, that would be phenomenal. But I'm not really much on social media other than Instagram and now Facebook for Monty. <laughs> I think that is so cool that you're writing that children's book. I just, I need to like, I I need someone to believe in it as much as I believe in it because I have a bigger vision for it. And I, I just, I, I think it's great because, well, and I'm biased, but you know, I also read a lot of children's books and I'll be like reading one to my kids that I'm doing speech therapy with. I'm like thinking to myself, this book is awful. Monty is so much better. I I think that all the time. Well, I think you, I think, I think you look at it the right way. It's like, like you have me as your child, but. Monty's your child too. Well, Monty also like if the, because this guy illustrated these these um, pages for me, mm-hmm. I I want to fight for it. Like I don't want some like rinky dink uh-huh. like uh, illust- or like someone like one of my my neighbor was like you could get like a high schooler who will do it for free. I'm like he brought this image to life and I can't see it any other way. Yep. So I like it is my baby. I want to work for it and because I had somebody who was so awesome throughout the whole process work mm-hmm. for me. I, I want to like fight for him too in his work, that's but awesome. I'm also like I'm, I'm nobody in the publishing world. So you're gonna get there. This is that's <laughs> awesome. Every I really hope everybody that listens to this um, finds a lot of joy in this oh. episode. Uh, it was very uplifting. I hope everybody likes your Monty page. Thank you. And uh, I I really appreciated getting to know you. I appreciate you having me on here and reaching out. It was an honor. Yeah, so thank absolutely. You. I've always I've always thought you were a great person. Oh. You fly under the radar. <laughs> you really do. Are you are you gonna do the open this year? Yes, I am. Are you gonna if you qualify for fittest, are you gonna do it? Um <laughs> I, I don't 
I don't think so. I I am going. I don't know what Fittis is like because I've been in Charlotte for the past three years, and like I think that's when Fittis started was about when uh-huh. I moved. Right. I don't think I'm going to. I'm going to focus on like right now. I'm not in the shape that I think I could be in to like do really well in the open in my age group because I'm in the 35 mm-hmm. to 39 age group. <laughs> So I, I, I'm, there's also the affiliate cup and I don't know what's in store for that from crash. Like I, my vision, my, my energy is going to be transferred to somewhere else besides fittest of the upstate. I, I it's not like a goal of mine just cause I don't know what it's about. Like I, right. I, I'm, no, I, that's, I, I think that's, everybody's uh, like loves it, but I'm like, I don't really know much about it. And that's perfect. And I'm not fair. an individual athlete. Like that's another thing. Like I'm not, I'm so driven by working out with other people. Like right. I'm so not individual, like to do fitness of the upstate and like to be by myself and competing. I, I don't know. I feel like I would have something to prove and I don't want to feel that way. No, no, that's <laughs> completely understandable. I think that's great, but we're looking forward to see where you end up on the open board, on the leaderboard. And, uh, you know, we'll be cheering for you when you go team and, um we'll be at crash well you'll be there tomorrow yep. for oh, the yeah. event so I'll see you tomorrow. and then yeah, i'll be will. we'll be at crescendo so i'll be there too it'll be yeah. fun yeah. so we'll see you there hey i'll see you there thanks All for having right. me well y'all heard it here apogee podcast